Hello everyone, welcome to episode 41 of the Drunken Boxing Podcast, coming to you as always from the capital of the Middle Kingdom, Beijing. As usual, let's jump into some Mushin martial culture news first. As I have been busy with a few other projects, I have not released a new episode of the story of Bagua Zhang just yet. But there will be a new episodes coming in the next few weeks. Well, that gives you some time to catch up with the first episodes 1 to 5 that I have released in the meantime. I have been doing a few trips for some later episodes on Bagua Zhang, including a trip to Dong Haichuan's original gravesite, his subsequent gravesite, and some other interesting places. So that's more for you to look forward to. I did publicly release a full instructional episode on the Xing Yi Gun, or staff. This first episode covers the first version of the first element of Xing Yi staff, namely Pi Gun, or splitting staff. This episode comes out of the Hua Jin online learning program. It is an in-depth instructional video, so if you are interested in beginning to learn Xing Yi staff, check it out. Additionally, I released a San Ti Shir follow-along timer video. It features a timed San Ti Shir practice session with 5 minutes held on each side that you can follow along with me for your daily post-standing practice. I really enjoyed making this video, and the location I filmed it at is one of my favorite places to train here in Beijing. I hope you'll find the timer video useful, and I hope it encourages you to do daily Santishir Zhan Zhuang or post-standing practice. I also released a very brief glimpse out of a series of instructional videos from the Hua Jin program on one of Xingyi's 12 animals, namely the monkey shape. This is just a few seconds from a series of videos on the first version of the monkey shape that is being introduced within the Hua Jin program at the moment. Alright, as always, another way you can support this podcast and my endeavors in general is by buying some of the merchandise I offer in Teespring. There are quite a few items, from t-shirts to hoodies, posters, and even coffee mugs. The Shanxi Showdown t-shirt that I made last month has been very popular, and I'll be releasing a hoodie version of it in the near future for the winter season. The store can be found on Teespring at the link listed in the show notes. And another way to support my work is through Patreon. There are general support tiers through which you can do just that, and any and all support is highly appreciated. I have added a new Discord server for the Hangout sessions for the Anjin members, and the Huajin members have a dedicated Discord server where they can interact and discuss their training. If you're interested in that, that's something new and something to look into. Additionally, there's also a third tier, the Hua Jin tier, in which you can study the arts of Xing Yi Quan and Ba Gua Zhang in depth. There is already a vast library of released lesson videos for both Xing Yi Quan and Liang style Ba Gua Zhang, as well as their related Neigong and other practices. So if you are interested in learning these arts, give the course a try. The Patreon site may be found at patreon.com forward slash Mushin Martial Culture. That's Mushin Martial Culture, all one word. Okay, let's get into today's podcast. My honored guest today is Sharif Bey. Sharif Bey is a lifelong martial artist who began studying the arts at the age of five. He is a disciple of Grandmaster Frank Yi Chi Wai of the Tangfeng Yuanling lineage of Hunga Kung Fu and serves as the World Vice Chairman of Yi's Hunga International Kung Fu Association. He operates the upstate New York headquarters for the association located in Syracuse, New York. I had a great time chatting to Sharif, and he has led a life dedicated to his art and his community, which is worthy of both praise and imitation. His website is kungfusyracuse.com. You can find the link in the show description. But without further ado, I give you Sharif Bey. Welcome to the Drunken Boxing Podcast, Sharif Anayal Bey. I'm very honored to have you on today. 
Oh, I'm, I'm honored to be present. Thank you so much for the invite. Oh, it's a, the pleasure is all mine. We've known each other on Facebook virtually for a while now. We've got quite a few mutual friends, um, but we've never yes. actually sat and had a discussion. So I'm glad that we've gotten this uh, chance to do this. So, so welcome. Absolutely. 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 You're, you're currently in New York, am I right? Yes, I'm in upstate New York. Um, I um, was born out west in Long Beach, California, and grew up in New York City. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was from one side of the States all the way to the other. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well that being said, maybe you could, you could uh, you know, introduce your background, give us a little bit about your, your history, etc. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, just in general or martial arts-wise? Well, in general and martial arts-wise. Okay, sure, sure. Like I said, I was born out west. Um, California and uh, moved to live with my father at age four and I um, at age four he took me to watch a martial arts demonstration and I just fell in love so for my fifth birthday he bought me martial arts lessons oh nice so that literally set me on my life path do you remember what you saw then Um, what who it was or oh yeah 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 absolutely it was uh, taekwondo Okay. Yeah, very common back in the day. It was everywhere, right? Very popular. Yes. 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 Absolutely. So, yeah. so was that I, your uh, start? Great. That was my start. Yeah. Um, my start was Taekwondo at age five, um, and then around um, around eleven, around age eleven, um, I remember. Reading up, of course, you know, Bruce Lee and, you know, whatever. And um, I remember reading up, you know, just kind of like, uh, you know, following whatever I could about Bruce Lee, about his his background, his um, training, you know, and I read about, you know, him starting with Wing Chun. Right. And so it's kind of interesting. I saved up my pennies and saved up money, allowance, and uh, sent money. I actually sent them cash in an envelope to O'Hara Publications to to um, pick up the book <laughs> that they had on Wing Chun that was by one of Bruce Lee's friends and students, James Yim Lee. Right, James Lee. Yeah, and so I remember when the book came in, and they came in with a letter, and it said, well, "You know, we're sorry that the book that you ordered it, that you ordered is back ordered. Uh-huh. We're going to send you a copy." But, you know, we're sending you a complimentary book to enjoy while you wait for this one. Oh, that's really And it was nice. Buck Sam Kong. But, but here's the interesting thing. It was Buck Sam Kong's book on Honga. Oh, I was actually going to mention him because he is out west, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so <clears throat> I got that book and I'm like, ah, this is not what I was looking for. It's not what I wanted. Yeah. But then a few years later... Kung Fu Theater starts, Channel Channel 5 in New York City. Okay. So now what am I watching? I'm watching all the Shaw Brothers movies and Lao Kai Lung movies. And what am I seeing? Hong Gai. And so now I'm like, oh my God, that's what that is. Awesome. So martial arts found me and then Hong Gai found me. So it was kind of like destiny. I mean, you might think about it in that way because, I mean, that you, you, you thought you wanted to get a book on Wing Chun. Destiny had other plans yep. for you, and then you kind of came full circle. That's literally what happened. <laughs> oh, 
Awesome. So were you still doing Taekwondo at that time? Yes, yes. I was doing Taekwondo. I, I, um, and it was fairly, in, at that time, it was informal. Mm. And then um, I, uh, later I ran into a friend, you know, who had trained under Hawkins Chun. So mm. I did a little Wing Chun with him informally. And, um, you know, and then was, uh, you know, just kind of learning self-taught via Buck Sam Kong's book uh, and two books, his book on Tiger Crane and the uh, first book. And in 1989, or no, 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 I take that back. Uh, 80, 87, 86, 86, 87, I ran into a man named Conrad Poello. Okay. And Conrad Poello, Conrad Poello was training Honga. And I was learning from him and his Sifu mm. was uh Master Frank, you know, Grandmaster Frankie. Right. And so right. And 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 so I later sought him out. And, you know, because Conrad had had long distanced himself from the association. Okay. So I later sought out, you know, my Sifu in nineteen eighty nine and I've been with him ever since. And he's he's got a pretty big organization, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the other the 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 Yi's National Kung Fu Association officially began in nineteen seventy four. Wow. When he when you know he moved he moved from Canada to New York City um okay. and began and begin to teach. And then in nineteen seventy four, you know, he officially opened you know the association and yes sir so right now we're we're in a number of countries we're in a number of south american countries i we're, saw that we're in a, a, yes sir we have a number of uh european locations as well well could you tell us a little and bit more about his background i'm i'm sure it's the, the listeners who aren't familiar sure. because hunga we all sure. know i'm i mean it's it's something that's become more well known in in the west yes. over i'd say the last 20 years um, but yes, it's one of the first, I mean, obviously the first group of Chinese, uh, immigrants to the West, a lot of them came out of yes. Hong Kong or Canton via Hong Kong and Hungar is one of the, right. main, the main styles there. So, so a lot of people yes. were, had early exposure to it. Um, and yeah, so, Correct. so maybe give a little bit of background of, 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 of your sure. teacher, et cetera. Sure. So my Sifu, you know, Grandmaster Frank Yichiwai, he uh, began formal training at age six. Okay. And his Sifu's name was Yunling Yunling Sigong. You know, it's my Sigong, mm -hmm. uh, Yunling. <clears throat> Yunling was the, 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 the top disciple or head disciple of uh, Grandmaster Tang Fong. Now, this is important because Tang Fong is a classmate of Lum Sai Wing. And Lum Sai Wing is right. arguably, yeah, the most popular disciple of the famous Wong Fei Hong. Yes, of course. And he's he's, yeah. he's also one of the better known characters from the movies that popularized the Wong Fei Hong story, of yeah. which there were literally hundreds, but the more popular in our generation would be the Jet Li Once Upon a Time in China series, which right. are... You know, which oddly had uh, Jet Li doing nothing that looked like uh, Hungar, uh, but popularized right. the story and the characters. And Lam Sai Wing was the, the, the kind of heavy set 
uh, student of of Wong Fei Hung, the butcher. He he had a he had a yes he, yeah. So yeah, pop, but he's right now. What's he's very famous. The, what's yeah. interesting? What's interesting about the Once Upon a Time in China uh, series? You know, Toy Hawk put those together, but the technical advisor was my Sifu's son. Oh Yun really? Kai-Chi. Oh okay. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> he was technical advisor, so a lot there were a lot of key things. Like in those movies, there was uh the the one disciple Clubfoot. Yeah. That 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 was based on real life. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so it's pretty interesting stuff. Now you know my Sifu again. Like I said, he he um, started his training formally at age six. Yeah. And um, yep, at age six, and he uh, is the only um, disciple of his Sifu that taught full time. Oh really? Okay. All of his other class, yeah. All of his other classmates just opened businesses and did other things. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he's the only one. Yeah, he's the only one that 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 dedicated his life to preserving and advancing the system as passed by his sifu. And he he moved from yeah. Hong Kong later on to to Canada. You say first Canada to okay. to to, Mon- to Montreal and Toronto, where he went to school at Brown University. Um, and, and, and graduated with a degree in uh, chemical, uh, uh, mechanical engineering, I believe. Okay, so he's, a, he's, a, he's um, got a brain on yeah. his head. <laughs> yeah, so, so he, and, but, and during that time he taught, you know, he taught for the Hongbun, he taught at a couple of other um, uh, places as well, and befriended and developed good relationships with other masters, like, for instance, the, the late, famous Lorkin Hong of Toronto, okay. who did another Hongga, uh, did another Hongga style, so let me. This is important to know as well. Yeah, get into it. The name, the name Hongga or Hong family, is in, in in the strictest sense is not so much a name of a kung fu style. It's really, as you know, the name or the more common name of a secret society or fraternity Indeed. that 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 came about during the Qing Dynasty, right? Yes, yeah. Um, right. So so prior to Wong Fei Hong. The name Honga really denoted political affiliation, not yeah. so much as a particular martial arts style. I think they called it mostly Hongmen uh, more than Honga. Hongmen. There you go. Yeah. Yes. So there's Hongmen, Honga, right now, right. And so, like for instance, I'll give you an example. And in a lot of these circles, religious societies, martial societies, political societies overlapped. Yeah. For instance, the founder of Choi Le Fu, Chen He, right? Yeah. His the name of his school was called the Hong Sing Gun or the Hong Party Winds. Oh, okay. So it's right because they were involved in the revolution against the Qing Dynasty as well. Right, right. Yeah, it's very and interesting. The Wing Chun people, the even the Wing Chun people in the old, you know, they're in what in a, some of the lineages, <laughs> they claim that the name Wing Chun is the first is composed of the first word of a poem and the last word of the poem. And so the, the poem says, I can't say it in Cantonese, but it, in English it's always speak with determination. Never forget the Han nation. Again, will return spring. So they took the first word, which is always and the last word, which is spring. Wing right. Tuck. Right. Yeah. You yes. know, there's a lot of um, history with those styles interconnected with these secret societies. A lot of, uh, um, 
misunderstanding as well. I mean, there's myths, of course, but you know, people obviously yes. often think that Hungar is a specific family style. They've even got the attribution to I was a Hong Shi Guan as being the founder, yes. and and I mean that's probably yes. mostly myth in any case. And the name Hong may be correct, you know, but you know what's interesting is you mentioned this Hong idea, which actually a lot of different styles were involved in. It didn't denote a style, as you said, it was an association. I remember even Pakme people, they used to yep. have, uh, when they were hiding, uh, they were involved, yes. they would identify each other with, uh, with uh, these sayings that one would say the one part of something, and if the answer was the yes. other part, they'd know. And I remember the one was something like, wow, your face is very pale, and the answer to yes. that, to be correct, so they identify one each other, was yes, but my 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 heart is hung, my heart is red, but it also refers it's red. to that's yeah. right. Yeah, refers to hung. Yeah, that's a play yeah. on word. That's yeah. a fact. Yes, yes, yes. Like even you know, uh, a lot of those codes are still exist in the names of some of the techniques. Oh really? You know so. Oh yes, yes. Even even our salute, you know, with the fist in the palm. Yeah. Right. So, of course, in the general sense, people are like, oh, well, you know, you have the palm covering the fist, so it's, it means peaceful or you're being courteous. or Okay, in, in, in the Hongga tradition, mm. it is the, the, the fist is the hand sign for the character, yeah, the character's son. Right. And yeah. the palm is the hand moon. sign for the character you, or, the, or moon. Yeah. And you, as you already know, you put sun and moon together, you have Ming. Exactly. Right. Yeah, the rejuvenation so of the Ming overthrowing of the Qing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Qing Fu Ming. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So 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 now up until up until now what makes Wong Fei Hong in his in him, what makes Wong Fei Hong important is this. Prior to Wong Fei Hong, you had, you know, people involved in the revolution and they had different skill sets, military skill sets. Mm -hmm. Whatever they taught as a body of work was called Hong Kun or Hong Hong's fist, Hong right. family fist. Right. So what Wong Fei Hong did was that he took the three top Hongga styles of his day and combined them. Yeah. He combined his father's Gong Fu with uh Tikusam, you know, Tikusam's disciple Lam Fuk Sing, who taught the iron wire form. Mm. And then he learned from his father Sifu. Okay. And he combined their work together. And so what he formed is now called Orthodox Hongga, hmm. but it's also called New Hongga. Oh, that's interesting. And it was from, yes, because even though it's, it's considered Orthodox, it's new. It was put together later. So he, you know, so he, um, it was from him later, from him on where the name Hongga was associated with a, a specific style. But if you go to the mainland now and you go to Fujian, there's many different Hongkun styles or Hongga styles right. that are not connected to Wong Fei Hong. Yeah, I've read quite a lot about um, about him. And actually, he's seen as the quite a revolutionary in terms of his mind with regards to the style. He, he really was forward-thinking. Um, People like to yeah. pretend that, you know, it's unchanged or nobody ever, it's it's no. been handed down. No, but he was actually one of the main people that was responsible for putting together the style as it exists today. Uh, and he was quite, quite intelligent with it. 
So yeah, and uh, it's something that something a number of years ago that my Sifu made. He was the first to make it public, mm. right? Um, there in on on his uh Wong Fei Hong's uh uh altar where he had ancestral tablets. There was a tablet dedicated to the White Crane system, showing that he had a connection to the White Crane style as well. Okay. Yeah, but yes. I mean, one of the five animals within with Hungar is the crane. So that's um, a fact. That's right. So I, you know, that's another interesting thing that I've, I've, you know, over the years, I, I like to research history, etc., particularly martial history, and uh, looking at yes. the this story of wing, uh, rather white crane. Um, yes. And the founder, which is a female, you know, the the attribution to a female. <laughs> yep. Know, What's in, yeah, it's interesting. The, there's a mirroring with the history of Wing Chun, uh, although it just seems to be changed yes. a little bit. Yes, uh, a mirror, not just Wing Chun, but Hong Ga. Yeah. And based on my research, I postulate, uh, you know, I, w- I wouldn't even say postulate. I think it's even stronger than that, that those connections relate less to the martial history and more to the secret society history. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For instance, you know, you have Fong Chutlu, right? Who who in the in the in the in the Fujian or the Fujian uh white crane system is the founder, mm. right? She learned Kung Fu from her father and then um you know and then and then observed the crane, da 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 whatever. Right. right? But she was a woman and it was Fong Chutlu, right? Yeah. Okay, in the legend or the oral tradition in Hong Ga. Hong Hong Siguan, Hong Siguan or, or Hong Heguan was yeah. the, uh, you know, he he trained, you know, the 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 Huchen or the, or the tiger boxing. Okay. And and um, then later met his future wife, who trained crane boxing. Wow. And he learned her style. And her name in our lin- in our tradition was Fong Wing Chun. Oh, there you go. <laughs> And then in the Wing Chun system, you have a Yim Wing Chun, right? right? right. And then you have the home county of, of the White Crane, which yeah. is Yongchun County. There you go. See? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. People don't know that there's an actual place called Yong, uh, Wing Chun uh, in Fujian, which that's is right. connected to the crane. What's also interesting for me is looking at the depictions of the founding, uh, the, the lady of, uh, of Wing Chun. If you look at a lot of her depictions... Yes. She's got her one palm raised like she's about to chop, right? Um, yeah. What's interesting is people pay attention to the chopping hand, but they ignore the other hand. And the other hand, she's, mm. she's actually gripping a bobbin, which is a needle that's used for weaving. And ah. now that bobbin, um, I, I've got a, a very a very close friend who's who's been involved in the rather what should we say covert older methods of chinese uh assassination and uh covert people that worked underground right and we're talking about through through many older generations he's quite a, a heavy researcher in it and the bobbin is actually quite an important hidden weapon uh it's got needles on it they, ah. they would use it because and also women would be the the primary people that would do this work because they could get into places that men couldn't get into um, and take, right. taking in 
tools like bobbins with needles on it is going to be so much easier, especially for a woman, than a man coming in with a sword or a dagger or something. So there is a connection to Correct. that to that, that, that piece of equipment, which is quite interesting. So it ties all the whole secret society thing together as well. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, yeah, so yes, it does. Yes, there, there's there, there's a lot. See, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of rewarding research uh, when you look in the secret society direction. Just you know, the problem with that, of course, is you know the the the, the direct descendants of the secret societies are now you know, um, you know, Chinese underworld is you know, yeah. with the exception of Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's Chinese underworld. So. You know, yeah, and they became be basically what you, what you're, you know, the, a lot of the traditions are still carried forward within the triads and their societies and even their initiation rituals, etc. So, Correct. Yeah. Like literally, the literally the the the, the legend of Shaolin, as you know, I'm sure hmm. the the whole you know legend of the Southern Shaolin Temple's destruction is a part of their initiation ceremony. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the central it's the central part of their initiation legend. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the theme of uh, of uh, of their pledging to something uh, is with regard yes. to the Southern Temple. So. Yeah, it's all very interesting. Yes, I have a friend who also yeah. did a, a bit of research on Hungar itself, and um, the way oh, okay. he he talks about today's style of Hungar originated in the yes. Lingnan County. So. Um, yeah, the Lingnan County members of the society practiced this particular style of martial arts, which today then spread yes. out and continue to carry the name as Hungar. But realistically, it's the right. martial art practices that originated in Lingnan. So that's quite interesting. Yes. too. Yeah. And, and my, my Sipu speaks to that. He also talks about you know, at a particular point in time in history, there there was a migration of um, of uh, people in Fu, in Fujian to Guangdong. Yeah, and 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 how this coincides directly with the destruction of the temple in Putian. Oh, okay. Right, and 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 the destruction of the temple in Putian and the uh the importation of Fujian martial arts into Guangdong. So in and so like it's almost like martial arts forensics. It's why, you know, my seafood maintains that Honga has narrow horse short bridge and big horse long bridge. Okay. Yeah, that does yeah. make sense. Because Yes. Yeah, that does make sense. I mean yeah. I've got a I've got another uh, acquaintance who's also one of the older He's in Canada, but I won't mention his name. But he also, you know, I've known him for years, and he he came out of Hong Kong. He was a Chinwu. Uh, oh, nice. A Chinwu older oh, generation okay. practitioner there. He teaches their system and their style. Um, but Very I remember nice. discussing history and things with him, and he said, you know, uh, from what he understands, the development of Choi Lai Foot, um, yes, was actually created a lot of the methods and tactics were created because now we're talking a little bit more recent history the popularity of hungar in canton uh, and the guangzhou yep. area was pretty high and uh yep. they were trying to challenge this so they developed techniques yes. that could directly 
attempt to deal with certain bridging methods that Hunga uses, <laughs> which is that's really pretty accurate. Yeah, it's interesting to hear. That's pretty accurate. My sifu, my sifu taught us that, like for instance, in Chole Fut, you have you know the the piercing fist, which yeah. is like the leopard shaped fist. Exactly. So we have what we call, well, we have what we call ping top, which is level, and then we have what we call loyum top, which is inside yin top. Right. And he said that that was designed specifically to avoid touching the bridge yep. of the average Hongga person because, you know, there's such a heavy emphasis on internal power and foundation training in Hongga. Yeah. So that using that that technique, you could, you know, ideally avoid contact with the bridge and still get your shot off. Exactly as he explained it. I mean, uh, so that echoes what. Oh, wow. And that cool. was that was probably I remember having this discussion with him. Uh, it's almost 20 years ago. So, yeah, it's uh, it feels yes. like yesterday, but it was a long time ago. It's all very interesting. The styles, histories and all of these. I mean, there's obviously a lot of myth. There's a lot of legend that's weaved into it, as is the case with a lot in Chinese uh, society and history and uh, almost any of their practices uh, even outside of the martial right. arts so but it's just it just right, makes it right, such right. a colorful practice um when you started practicing hunga your teacher did yes. he did he emphasize a lot of the cultural sides of things etc you know we're we're, um, we're very fortunate you know um we're very fortunate my sifu was very generous mm. so initially initially he didn't you know and many of us coming had already had backgrounds okay and so initially he, uh, you know these are things that were there of course and that he insisted on certain things in terms of the culture he insisted on right right um other things he just felt like hey, maybe westerners aren't that interested uh yeah. you know but then later but then later realized like oh you know what they are yeah they do appreciate this, but it took a minute. It took a minute for, for, you know, for him to see that, you know, many of us were, and we would stick around for it. You know, I'm sure, you know, you, you, I'm sure you've experienced this, that nowadays, especially nowadays, you know, many Chinese are more Western than we are in many respects. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So what, 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 what a lot of martial arts instructors, Chinese martial arts instructors are realizing is that many times we, you know, non-Chinese have a greater interest. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know? I was actually yesterday, I train, um, when I, when the weather's okay, I go to this, uh, yes. very small village temple. That's not far from me. It's about, <laughs> if you walked, it would take you 35, 40 minutes. If you ride a bicycle, 20, you know, uh, odd. And I, I will yeah. go there and train, um, whenever I have time in the courtyard and yesterday it's, it's, yes. it's national holidays here, by the way. So people are, are at home for oh. a few days and I went to the courtyard and I was doing my thing there yesterday and I, and a, and a local who lives in the area came to, to read sutras in the courtyard. I mean, that's, he wanted to come and, ah, and, and nice. do some, do some, do some of that. And he saw me there. I hadn't seen him there before. And he said to me, uh, you know, Oh, he also practices, he practices a bit of Baji Chuan. So we got into talking about okay. martial arts and, and you know, what he said was quite interesting and it echoes exactly what you've just said. He said, you know, the young generation today, I'm glad to see that you as a foreigner are still doing this stuff because the young generation today is not interested in our culture and our history. And that's true. Wow. So, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We're fortunate because, 
you know, my Sifu is big on it's not just just the bare hand combat, but the weapons combat, the history, the philosophy, the etiquette, the medicine, and lion dance. Yeah. So in you know, many of the kung fu schools in the south, when it comes to lion dance, they kind of preserve it because you know it brings them a little money, mm-hmm. but also and then it's a cultural thing. For us, in the way my sifu taught us, it was a primary way to develop live power and to increase the endurance for combat. Well, that's uh, that that is true, and that, you know what's interesting is people. How often do you see people, especially today, will say something like, "Yeah, but how do you use that in a fight?" I mean. That's like throwing the baby out with a bathwater. You're kind of missing it. And I've mentioned this before on on the podcast with other guests. I mean, I grapple, I do jujitsu as well. And um, I'll find almost universally, because I've been doing it for a while. So when you're dealing with guys that are higher belts, brown, black, or even long time black belts, they all start to get physical ailments. They all start to get physical injuries. And what's funny is a lot of them today are like, you know what I'm doing? Hey, I started doing uh, yoga and it's helping me with my <laughs> my recovery and whatever. And I just giggle because, you know, I'm like, yeah. you know, the Chinese figured this out a long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, yeah. So oh. you sitting here telling me how can you like some aspects of our practice, which don't look at first glance that they're directly applicable to a strike or a defensive yes. action, but they're actually doing other aspects of increasing mobility flexibility helping you to recover etc stretching blah 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 strengthening and yes. and you would say yes. and these guys would say how do you use that in a fight now look at the sometimes when they say to me after oh i'm doing yoga now i say to them yeah but how do you use the yoga in a fight and they still don't get what i'm in saying. a fight yeah. <laughs> so the, that's I, right and, I, and I'm, I'm just saying it like tongue-in-cheek but you know they they're like no it's good it's good for a recovery you know, I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, right. You're, you're speaking to, okay. you know, I've been doing Chinese martial yeah. arts my whole exactly. life. You know, so, you know, I do get right. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Right. So, so you know, it, it's interesting that you bring, you know, even bringing that up because now you could say that, you know, of course, because you've had authentic training. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of schools, you know, there's a lot of schools that, you know, say they you know they train chinese martial arts but they don't they have incomplete training yeah and so a lot of what they're doing is reverse engineered so they don't really fully understand you know what it is like i i I, you know one of the things i strive to do with my students because my sifu does a good job of this you know is is demystify and also to teach them not just the system but how to think about the system right how to think about it so like for instance I was talking to my students last week and I mentioned this. I said, okay, my school is on the third floor. All right. I need you to push this guy out my window, out of third story window. And they were like, "Mm, okay. I said, but no, this person just killed your mother. (laughs) And you could see the change happen. You could see the change happen. I said, now I want you to sense how you feel right now. I'm like, what would be the difference between you casually pushing somebody out the window and pushing that person who killed your mother out the window. Yeah. And then I said, I want you to note that the thing that makes the physical differences first and foremost are non-physical things. Exactly. And you can train these non-physical things the same way you train a muscle. Right. Oh, it is. It is. It is a muscle. I mean, 
it's it's just a, yes. it's just a muscle that we 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 don't have on the physical, but it is a muscle. It makes all the difference. It's a muscle, nevertheless, yeah. right? And then I say, okay, now look at when you employ those non-physical things. Look at what happens to you physiologically. Right. Look at all the processes that take place. Now, what if we could take? Let's say there was five different processes that took place to effectively toss somebody out the window. Okay. Let's now analyze those five. Let's break them apart into individual things and then amplify them through exercise mm. to their highest level of development for yourself. Yeah. Then let's reintegrate them back into the unit and go right back to square one. Now, this person killed your mother, push them out the window. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's very valid, that's very true. Yes. But what happens with many of us is we already know. We never complete what we start. Mm-hmm. So we get lost in the sauce of the isolation of different things. Well, I mean, and it's like, yeah, you know what? This yeah. one component. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Go, ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was going to say, you look at people going to gym so, today. What are they doing? They've got their earphones yes. in. So their mind is somewhere else. Yes. And then they're just using, I mean, it's not to say you won't get the benefit. You'll get some benefit, but you probably right. get more benefit in a more holistic manner if your mind was also connected yes. to whatever action you're doing. I mean, it's 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 Come on. it's really interesting. I remember reading a study, and I don't remember, so I might butcher this a little bit, but I remember reading a study yes. where they had people doing... Um, uh, muscle work so muscular exercise yes. and they had a, a couple of groups and the one group was actually doing it with some sort of a dumbbell or barbell and another group was yes. doing it without it but they were focusing on imagination that they were picking up something heavy yes. and then of course another group was doing it without either of these and there was actually quite a huge difference between the group that had nothing going on in their head and the group that had something going with the imagination without the equipment and the the ones without Correct. the equipment but the right mindset were comparable to the people that were just doing it with the weight they were getting gains isn't that something yeah they were getting gains without actually something? the equipment which um yeah, we, we, you know, there's an actual western physiological term for that and i can't call recall it at the moment but it's something about i, I forgot but there's an actual term in western physiology that yeah. describes that process that yeah that, that that when you're visualizing the thing the action there is a, a neuromuscular effect yeah 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 and then and then you look at like classical training and i'll talk specifically from the styles that i do for example xing Chuan, which yeah. heavily focuses on intent or what you what's going on in your head and I remember when I yes. first started and my teacher would tell me, like, I'm doing standing, post-standing, Zhang Zhuang, and he would tell me, all yes. right, your front hand, imagine you're pushing, you're pushing a mountain, right? Like you're pushing a mountain. Yes. And, and you'd sit and think, what's the point of that, you know? And, 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 right, and you, right. You know, it's always, it's always some grand intention that they would try to, uh, they wouldn't say, think that yes. you're pushing a little guy. It always, some, you're pushing a mountain. Mm, right. Your head's in the clouds. It's piercing yes. the sky. Your feet are growing into yes. the ground, you know? Keep yes. all of this. There's, yes. there's a tiger facing you. You're standing your ground. I mean, that's another one of them. Imagine he's right wow. there. He's looking at you. You know, you've got to maintain this and hold it. And it makes all the difference. You don't realize it at first, but if you do it correctly, it makes all the yeah. difference. So. Well, it, it, it's, 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 yo, I mean, you must've been a fly on the wall in my class today. Like, like <laughs> I was talking with my senior guys and we were talking about intent based power. Right. 
And I actually brought up the Santi training for the Xinyi people. Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually brought that up. And I'm like, listen, we have our own methods. I said, but the process, the general idea is the same. So using the intent allows you to exercise those non-physical muscles. Yeah. 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 But it and also does something else. Secrets, it does you know? something else that is quite interesting. And because uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, both static and moving Neigong Gong Fa exercises. And I remember yes. the one yes. the one exercise when I first started learning it, which has got a, an action of you lifting your two arms up and then putting them down yes. and lifting. And I remember when yes. I was with my teacher, he said to me, because we were, I mean, we were, we're in Beijing, right? And I was in his, uh, yes. like it's an outside kind of garden area of the area of his uh, residential compound. And when I was doing this, yes. I remember him telling me, okay, imagine you're holding that building over there and pick that building up. Now, I, had, I was doing the exercise for quite a while up until he had said that. And then he said, now imagine yes. you're holding that building and pick it up, pick it up and then push. Ooh. When you put it down, put it back into the ground. What happened was quite interesting. The second I had the intention of picking up a building, my shoulder joint sunk. My elbows went down. Yep. My waist rolled in. Yep. My legs engaged in a different way than if without this intention. So we could say that you're training, yeah. you're training non-physical muscles, but actually the intention guides yes. the correct muscles and the alignment and the structure to correct itself in the Agreed. most efficient way. So you, you're using a non-physical muscle to guide the physical muscles to work correctly. Agreed. Yeah. So, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I agree 100%. We, we call, like, like what you just mentioned, I mentioned to my students earlier today, I'm like, you're, you're, you know, when you're aligned properly, you're stacking your bones so that gravity works through your bones and not your muscles. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference in the world. And this is kind of something that's universal in Chinese martial arts, I would say. You look, I don't want to just limit it to Chinese martial arts because my exposure to other classical martial arts, it does exist. So I think the key point between yes. between these these uh, styles is not simply geography. It's not internal or external, which I, I hate that term. It's just refinement right. or non-refinement. If you're doing it in a more refined it manner, you're going to have these things. It doesn't matter the art. That's a fact. I agree 100%. I, I was telling one of my students that a couple of days ago. I was like, yeah, we don't, we don't, even my seafood was like, we don't do that internal art versus external art thing. We don't, we, we don't speak of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, we don't speak of it that way. So getting back to your teacher, yes, your teacher, when you yes. first started training with him, where was he teaching and what was that like? 145 Grand Street, right in the heart of Chinatown. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember um, the, the training was, you know, it was just very simple. You know, he was definitely, I'll put it like this. He, at that time, he was, he expected you to be a self-starter. Mm -hmm. You know, he expected you to be a self-starter. At that time, he was just like, hey, I'm teaching. I, you know, I'll offer it. You work on it. Great. If you don't, so what? Yeah. You know, in later years, in later years, he really became like, listen, I'm going to, um, you know, uh, uh, I, I, you know, he became more, it seems he became more and more vested in passing the good, good stuff. Okay. At a particular point in time, we're talking around 90, 
97, around 97, uh, when he when he went back to China. He went back to China, you know, for a number of reasons. But one of them was at the request of the Chinese government to essentially kind of, you know, you know, in the south in Guangdong, mm. essentially to kind of reimport traditional Gong Fu back to the area. Okay. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and so and so he was invited to teach there, and um, <laughs> but it was during this time period when he began doing internal workshops, you know, like continuing education. Okay. So it it, beca- it became one of those things where instead of sitting resting on the laurels of what he did thirty years prior, it was nope. He's still training. He's still improving. So. We're now, and especially those of us that finish the curriculum, we're now chasing his improvements. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, how, that's so how martial arts should be. It shouldn't be agreed. each generation trying to just live in the shadow of the previous generation because then your art gets weaker each agreed. generation. So it should that's be, a fact. It should that's be right. improved every generation, you know, refined, whether it's a, yes. you know, whether it's a personal perspective or a general perspective, each generation should be trying to, you know, pick it up, improve it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, the, in, in throughout history, you know, the famous masters are famous because they stood out for doing just that. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, they stood out for that. You know, it's like, like, like Koyun Shen with the bamboo step. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he he he, yeah. he developed something based on what he had and improved it. What's interesting, you just mentioned something about your teacher initially, just like, okay, if you're there and yes. you want to train hard, uh, you train hard. If you're not training hard, he's not going to, you know, no worries to him. And right. what's interesting is actually that's more common. That's actually the Chinese way. Your teacher expects that's you the to Chinese be way. there, but he's not going to spoon feed you. And this is what I find nope. quite different with Western Westerners. They even fully grown, you know, grown ass men expecting the teacher yes. to basically baby them and tell them exactly what to do at every waking moment. Like, here are the tools. Right. Here's the information. Right. Put on your big boy pants. Right. If you're determined, I don't need to go. tell you to do it. Do it. You'll do it. <laughs> That's a fact. And it's yes. I find that very yes. strange with Westerners. Like, uh, you know. Yes. I, I, even when people have come to train with my teacher here, like, you know, he'll tell, he'll teach them something, right? And then, yep. and then after yes. he's taught them something, they'll stand around waiting. And I'm like, just keep training. <laughs> yeah, give me, right. What give are you waiting more. for? I've already learned that. Yeah. <laughs> you wa- oh, I'm waiting for him to tell me what to do. Oh, okay. How about breathing? Right. Does he need to tell you to breathe? How about, <laughs> just get on with it. Correct. Get on with it. That's right. Train. That's right. That's right. You know, what I tell my students, I say, like, especially in the old days when we were training with my older training brothers, you know, I said, I said, let me tell you guys, in that time period, Sifu's job was to correct old material and give new material when you were ready. Yep. Outside of that, we came, we, outside of that, we came to class to see who wasn't training. Exactly. And that's what he's looking at. You think he's not looking at that, but he's taking right. mental notes of everything. Who's there? Who's wasting time? Who's not there? Yep. What you're doing? Have you listened to the previous instruction? Are you fixing it? You know. Right. And then, and then if he thinks you're that's ready okay. and it's time, he'll teach you something. But if, he's, if you're at training, he'll teach if you're at training and you're waiting for him to teach you something every session... Yeah, this is not oh, this is goodness. not McDonald's drive-through. 
you know? That's right. That's right. Just get on with the training and he'll <laughs> teach it to you. And he's watching. Don't think he's not watching. He knows everything you're Don't doing. Don't think he's not yeah. watching. Yes. My, my students, you know, well, they and see, that's another thing as well, which is really cool with my Sifu, is, you know, we'll, he does workshops, you know, now to where even my students can learn from him. Right. So he'll do junior level workshops. He'll do senior level workshops. Then he'll do medicine workshops. Okay. For everybody. So it's really cool for my students. They get an opportunity to see the art from the perspective of me as their Sifu and my Sifu as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be differences, yeah. of course. There's going to be a lot of similarities, but you've all got your own perspectives and nuances as well. So, yeah. There you go. And, and, and then I still, I still remind them, I'm like, listen, yeah, you guys are getting <laughs> my perspective. You're getting my perspective, right? Yeah. But you also have the opportunity to get my Sifu's perspective. Now, you're still not complete when you've trained yourself and you've grown up to it. Now you have your own perspective. That's how you give back. Yeah. 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 Now you give back with your perspective. Right, right. You know? How old is your teacher yeah. now? He is... Uh, Oh my goodness! Ballpark seventy-one. Okay, all right. No, he's seventy-one. He's seventy-one. He's seventy-one. His his birthday is um July twenty-eighth, nineteen fifty-one. Oh, okay. All right, good. So he's um and he's still pretty active. He's still actively teaching. Still, still doing his still day. actively teaching. Still, still trains. Yeah, he tra like he he wakes up at like four in the morning every morning and trains. I find that their <laughs> their alarm yeah. clock becomes earlier and earlier the older they become so <laughs> yes 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 exactly <laughs> you know my teacher told me a story exactly. about one of his uh he did some chorja alfanza uh with wubin low wubin low is quite a legend with that style i mean he's one of mm -hmm. them uh, mm -hmm. and he was you know but there's so many stories about wubin low's history because he was like you know late born late Qing dynasty kind of uh, taught most of his life was uh, re respected for his style and his skills. I mean, I remember there was um, a story of him even going, being sent to Japan. Now listen to this: like they went to Japan because the emperor's birthday had invited some Chinese martial artists to do a performance there at his birthday. Uh -huh. So yeah, this is obviously pre very bad times, but uh, it was on the cusp yes. of that period. And, um, and right. Wu Bin Lo went to Japan as part of this. Um, and he's a simple guy. I, now people just don't understand yeah. the, the martial arts mentality here. He's a simple person. He's not going to be savvy on politics right. or all of that. He's just a martial artist. And they went by boat, by right. the way. So he, they did a performance. Oh, they wow. had Japanese martial artists there too. And Chinese martial artists oh. doing some performances. And, um, you know, as far as I recall the story, again, it's something I, I heard from my teacher. And um, yes. I might be butchering aspects of it, but this is as far as I remember it. He did his performance. It yes. impressed the people. I mean, George Alfonso is quite a unique style. It's a combination of two styles. Um, 
and yes and it's especially the chojao aspect is quite well known for its very intricate uh leg work you know kicking kicking yeah the kicking stuff is very powerful i've seen some of that stuff and so a japanese martial artist there in front of the emperor wanted to do a little you know exchange uh Lo being the simple person obviously dealt with it in the way that a chinese of his generation would deal with what you'd call a challenge and he kind of yes. quickly, you know, dealt with a guy in front of the emperor, right. you know. So it's kind of it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but what happened apparently was um, they they asked him to stay and teach, and he's like, "No, I'm going home." And he was like, that too, you know, no etiquette, no nothing. <laughs> he just got back on the boat and right. went back home, right? So, um, but why yes. I mentioned him was while my teacher was teaching with him. Now he used to teach in the front portion. Of the courtyard of the forbidden city back in the day you could uh so there was uh that, that was where he would teach and um my teacher yes. would ride his bicycle through um now Wubi Lo and my teacher's main shirfu his shingi shirfu were very good friends so that was how the introduction was made uh-huh. and, you know he went through and used to ride his bicycle before work or uh and arrive and train there and he noticed that every time he'd get there, the teacher was already there and was basically had finished his own training and it was very early. And, um, and I'm, I'm mentioning this because of what you said about your teacher. And, uh, so my teacher decided, yeah. you know what, he's going to get there before the teacher. So he got up before the sun came up, mm. got on his bicycle. It's not close to the forbidden city rode there, arrived right. there. The sun still hadn't come up and my teacher thought he was there mm. first. But then he heard noises and in the dark, he saw his teacher was there training. I mean, Wubin Lo had a couple of wives who passed away, you know, from illness or other, you know, back in those days, other reasons quite early. So he was, he was a a widow uh, or a widower, which is the correct term anyway. um, Right, widower. Yeah. So he had nothing, nothing in his life to do except train so he would sleep ex really early and get up really early and that was it so yes similar to what you're what yeah. you're saying about your teacher that sounds like my seafood that sounds like him <laughs> it sure does yeah, yeah you know like he like i said before he's the only one of his classmates that taught right. that taught kung fu right and so he you know basically swore you know, on the Sifu's deathbed, that he would pass the art, right? And he he stayed true to that. Like the like, this is literally his life's work. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, that, that that is it. Have you been to Guangdong? I have not yet yeah. been to Guangdong. Um, I am. Um, you know, my Sifu's. You know, I've, my life has been pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, there's been the um the uh. You know, um, uh, Sin Kwok Lam, that's his name. Sin Kwok Lam, he helped put together the World Hong Kong Association. Oh, I've heard of it. And, right, right, right. And so my Sifu, of course, is a part of it. And we, it, see, we're late. The, the Hong Kong families are late in putting together, like, federations and things like mm. that. Very late. Mm. And so we've done a number of, tur- they've done a number of tournaments that we participated in. And I had a number of students, you know, win gold from my school at those tournaments. And, um, you know, I wasn't present. <laughs> and so my seafood kind of rides me about it. Like, uh, <laughs> people are looking for you and 
you weren't there. <laughs> well, look, when China opens up eventually, um, you should make a trip out. I think yes. you'd enjoy going to that part of the world. Um, I've been to Foshan yes. as well a few times and uh, I've gone to oh, you nice. know, Wong Fei Hung's old place, which is ironically yes. right next to Yip Man's old place. Um, Yip Man's old place. <laughs> they're right next yeah. to each other. <laughs> yes so yeah yes I've, right next week i've yes, seen so. lion dancing stuff that they were doing there etc it's, it's a nice trip you should you should make your way out there someday that's definitely the plan when china opens up that is definitely the plan now i want to ask yeah. a little bit about the now the lam lam sai wings uh teaching uh now you, your yes. teachers came down in one line how how similar how different what's uh what's what's become an old their own personal good thing? yeah good question first and foremost we're all one family yeah you know it honga is honga it's only in very recent time with specific instructors do you have people kind of uh presuming or pushing this well tang fong is different than lam sai wing mm. right yeah, it's all Honga. We're all one family. Yeah. Right? Now, what you have, and I'm sure you've dealt with this before, right? You, you'll you have two classmates learning from the same seafood. Oh, yeah. And, but they're different body types totally. and different temperaments. Totally. Yeah. So, so when they, so their, their personal preferences when they later teach students become stylistic differences. Right. So that kind of happens. So like, for instance, Lum Sai Wing, you know, he was a pork butcher by trade, big guy, relatively speaking. Yeah. Right? Stocky. Tang Fong and his brother Tang. Yes. Tang Fong and his brother Tang Yi were little skinny guys that like to fight foreigners. <laughs> yeah. See? So what did you have? Lum Sai Wing, you know, one of the things that you could see with, with a lot of the Lum Sai Wing lines is that they play certain movements tighter. Why? He was a bigger guy. Uh, yeah. And, Tang, and the Tang Fong lines, they play a lot of the movements bigger because he was a smaller guy. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that that's pretty much that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Have you, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's all the same thing. Yeah, have you? Go ahead. Have you had? Uh, I, I don't know how much exposure you had to with the Lam family in Hong Kong, Lam Chun Fai, and and, and the, the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, with with, with a number of their people, <laughs> we're all good friends. Mm. Um, yeah, we're all good friends. Well, you know, one of my close friends is a uh, is um, a disciple of a uh, um, oh, what is this Sifu's name? His his Sifu was the top disciple of Li Yat Ming. Li Yat Ming was an old he 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 is Lum Chun Fai's older training brother. Okay. As a matter of fact, he would Li Yat Ming was teaching in Lum Jo school when uh, Lum Chun Fai was born. Oh wow! So yeah, those guys are good friends of ours. Now, what's interesting is that because he comes from an older, um, you know, he comes from an older uh, uh, line from Lumjo, mm. right? Yeah, they 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 move very similar to us. Oh, interesting. They move very similar to us. The in Lumjo in later years, you know kind of changed you know and, and they they actually talk about this themselves this is Lung quite Chun common Fai, those though, guys they talk about it. as they get older some things yes. change yeah. yeah so so they 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 work to make one of the things that they did 
was they they made their expression a little more light footed and nimble. Okay. Yeah. You know, and you know, not as not as heavy and as solid. You know, um, and those are things like, for instance, that and again, this what I'm saying now comes from my own personal observation. Mm-hmm. The it's kind of like the country bumpkin versus the city slicker thing. Okay. Right. So like, like Honga on the mainland, Choi Le Fut on the mainland, even Wing Chun on the mainland is different from the Hong Kong people Yeah. for this very reason. You know, Hong Kong, you know, see, you know, it's, 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 it's the hustle bustle. You got to learn how to fight fast. Yeah. So a lot of the internal foundation stuff wasn't as focused on mm. by a lot of the Hong Kong people. Now, of course, Hong Ga is kind of an exception to that because we rely so heavily on it. Right. You see? So, you know, the, the, like the Charlie Fudd people on the mainland, their movement is, tends to be a little more solid. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of, you know, the country bumping. Get it? Yeah, yeah. I've had experience yeah, with, yeah. Um, and this is probably, Jesus, it's over 20 years ago. Wow. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, with Chen Chang Mian. Chen Chang Mian was a well known uh, toilet foot uh, inheritor who then became involved in the sporting movement, of course, uh, in the early, early days. Yes. He was one of the main guys who helped to compile the first so-called uh, competitive nanchuan form, which is heavily, ah, heavily yes. Choi Lei Foot and Hungar influence. There's a little bit of other stuff in there, but it's predominantly Choi, it's, it's, yeah, it's Xia, and Hung. Choi Lei Foot and, and Tiger Crane. And Tiger Crane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I knew yeah, him personally. Right. I knew his son. Um, I've actually, I remember the first time, and this was 20 something years ago when I, when I went to see him and, uh, he, I had asked him to teach me back then, you know, that's why I went to go see him, but he merely pointed to his sword, which was on the, like hanging on an altar, like in front of an altar in his apartment. And he said, you see my sword? I said, yeah. He said, you see it's in its sheath. I said, yep. He said, I'm done. I'm done teaching. So he, he doesn't, oh, wow. he didn't teach already from back then. You know, he, he, he said he was done, with wow. it. but he's an interesting person as well. So yeah. And, and you can see differences between Hong Kong's line because I'd, I'd interacted with some of his, uh, his students, uh, very good teachers. Some of them, yes. uh, compared to, yes. to, you know, the Hong Kong lineages, there's, there's subtle differences that you pick up. So, yeah. Yeah. So now, now, now back on the whole thing with between Tang Fong and Lam Sai Wing, right? <laughs> um, Tang Fong was a minimalist. Okay. You know, he, he was a minimalist. His whole thing was quality, quality, quality. And and so to you know, like especially in our particular line, we have four handsets and that's it. Oh, okay. As far as bare handsets, that's it. Four handsets. Now Lam Sai Wing, before he met Wong Fei Hong, had already had six seafoods. Oh, yeah, he he was an expert before he even met Wong Fei Hong. Wow, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. So they have a lot more material. They tend to have a lot more material. And then his nephew Lam Zhou, Lam Zhou, was even more of a maverick than Lam Sai Wing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Lam Zhou yeah. had a lot of yeah. He had a lot of martial arts friends from different styles. One of his best friends was Kentakoya, the Taising Pakwa sister right. of the monkey style. Right. As one of his best friends. Matter of fact, 
many of the lum, the lines, the lum sawing lines through lum Joe, their 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 saber, their broadsword set is the pequado. Yeah, I've heard, I've Pequado. seen that. I've seen them practice pequado or pequado um, directly. Yeah, yeah, straight pequado, up. Yeah, they yeah, call pequado. it that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Very that's interesting. Right. So so so, yeah. So that came from them, and then. He had he was a friend of I forgot the guy's name, but he was a seven star mantis guy. So they adopted their foundation, the, the seven star mantis foundation set bung ball or yeah. the you know crushing step. Yeah, yeah. And so much so that my good friend, who I said is, you know, from the Layat Ming lineage, you know, if you want to learn bung ball from him, he'll say you want to learn the Honga version or the mantis oh, that's version. That's very interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so common and and so com it's so commonplace in some of the lines that come from Lum Sai through Lum Jo. Yeah, you, you mentioned four forms. What are your core forms? I mean, do you start with the uh, uh, or the uh, what do you call it? Yes, yeah. yes, as, as is common, yes. right? Now, and, see, and that's interesting too. Again, and this is our perspective. We're not saying it, you know that this oh, we're right or wrong, <laughs> but. One of the ways are, you know, and, and, and I'm sure you can you can appreciate this coming from Jin Yi. Mm. Our foundation, the internal development, you know, all the 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 the, the Neigong mm. is built into the forms. Right. So, you know, you've got like, okay, some of the lines, you know, some of the Hunga lines, you know, have other minor sets. So they'll practice the Lao Gakun or the Lao family. Yeah, that's set. interesting. They'll practice uh yeah, I'll give you a little history on that too. So they have the Lao family fist set. They'll have uh, the bungbo, the mantis, you know, the the, the crushing step. So they'll train those. Sometimes some schools will train those before they even begin gongji. Mm. Gongji carries the foundation to train the Honga engine. Okay, yeah. So if you got it, so if you get it. So in, in our again, this is our opinion. It's just our opinion. You know, you got a guy that they both start at the same time. One guy is learning Gongji. The other guy learns all these other sets and then later begins Gongji after the end of two years who has a stronger foundation. Right, I see what you mean. See? Yeah, well, it's similar to yes. the structure of Xing Yi Chuan where the mother fists are the foundation with, with those, those core things. Yeah. Everything is a result of that foundation. Yeah. That's literally how our style is designed. Gongji is the foundation. You have Gongji for Fukun and then you have... Uh, the Fu Hawk Ying or the Tiger Crane set. Then you have the five animal set. Mm -hmm. And then the last set is the iron wire form. The iron wire form is is like, and I'm oversimplifying, of course, but it's like Gongji 5.0. Right, right. So it's literally like the aura, it's like the Ouroboros. It's like the end of the beginning. You, you, you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Yes. That's the other interesting thing. Whenever I hear like uh, people like uh, go too far into this, internal external classification and they'll say things oh the northern styles there's internal the southern don't have i said have you seen iron wire if you can't see <laughs> the same thing in there as what you're so-called purporting to be internal in the northern then you don't actually have a definition that is uh, worth anything there you go yeah there you go we i, I have a lot of friends um that train bagua that train uh yin yin style bagua yeah and, um, you know, of course, you know, they're, they're very heavy on internal training. 
And early on, you know, just exchanging and playing around, they're like, oh, you guys are really internal. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's all there. It's yeah. all there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, anyway, yeah. that, that uh, classification, as mentioned earlier, is just, it's just misleading if you, if you look at it too superficial or even if you, it's, if you it's, use yeah. it like that. So, yeah. You were going to mention yeah. some yeah. history about Absolutely. Laugar. There you go. The, it, see, a lot of people believe because it's called the Lao Ga Fist or the Lao Family Fist, they believe that it comes from the Lao Family. It does not. Oh, okay. It doesn't. But the Lao Family Fist set is actually a Mokka or Mo Family sis, uh, set. Okay. And what it was was that there was a guy that joined Lum Sai Wing School whose family name was Lao. And he introduced the set. Okay, that makes sense now. So, yeah, so his name was Lao. Uh, he was teaching what yes. he had learned from what was the Mokka. Yeah. And the, the, the name just yep, stuck yeah. because of the person who brought it in. That's it. Yep, that's it. Very, and what is that? What would you consider um, that uh, particular practice in, term, in the bigger picture of Hungar? Well, again, the, you know, there's what we call like our pillar forms, which are the four I mentioned. Yeah. And then, you know, there's been some what we will call minor sets. Mm. So there's a number of sets, like, for instance, those two that I mentioned that were imported in from other styles. Right. And then you have minor sets that were created, but, you know, from 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 the mother material, so to speak. Like you have a set called Gaudokken or, or the nine special fist. Okay. You have a, uh, yeah, you have a, um, you have a, a set that includes, you know, some northern elements called, you know, we, it's called the butterfly palm set. Yes. You know, wood, you know wood Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, you have that set. You've got, you've got uh, um, the, 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 the Mandarin, we'd say Meiwa or, or the um, uh, Moifa, Moifa set, the uh, Plum, Plum Blossom, Blossom set. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's, you know, in different, different lineages, and different sublines will teach different subsets or di or different shorthand sets or different minor sets. Right, right. You know, again, we, our particular, you know, um, association, we don't, you know, some of us know some of those sets, but they're not requirements and we don't, they're not a part of our main curriculum. Okay. So your main curriculum, as you yeah. mentioned, uh, is four main hand forms. And obviously there's a bunch of weaponry as well that's 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 totally yeah we teach we, we have we have we have six primary we have six six weapon sets okay <laughs> actually um i say six we actually have eight okay. or nine now we have yeah we have nine now we have nine okay yep and what would you say yes. the the core weapon of hungar would be ah uh, the pole yeah 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 easily easily the pole we're, we're you know we're well known for pole fighting yeah. uh you know our fifth brother eight diagram pole set, yeah. So that yeah, it's it's the pole. Um, you know, some people say the pole and the saber. Some people say the pole and the double short knives. Okay, very interesting. I mean, even the name Bagua is in there. Um, yes. And then you've got the the knives, which people would think, hang on, that's that's Wing Chun. Um, you know, yeah. misunderstanding aspects of the, the the placement of those swords. Well, it, 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 going back on the on on that, the Wing Chun the Wing Chun oral tradition states that it was a cook on one of the red boats that taught the pole and the knives, and they say that cook was 
a monk named T Sim Sim C. Yeah. Which is of course in the Hongga lineage of being the is being the teacher of of Hong Si Kwan. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the boat right. is the point that people actually should pay attention to, which is quite funny because yeah. they seem to miss the boat part. You hit it right on the nose. Yeah. You hit it right on the nose. That's a fact. That's a fact. And again, it goes back to the whole secret society thing. Like you mentioned before about Hong Si Kwan, you know, not we, bottom line is we, we we carry on the old tradition, but we cannot prove that he existed in history as a single individual. Right. It's the same with Xingyi's uh, attribution to UFA as the founder of Xingyi Chuan. Uh, right. Uh, right. I mean, realistically, right. he had nothing to do with the art, you know, but the spirit right. is there. So if you want to, yes. if you want to talk about. I mean, I've used this analogy before. If you want to talk about the spirit yeah. of Christmas being the, the Santa Claus tale, we all know that Santa's not right. bringing you gifts. It's mom and dad. That's right. But the spirit of Santa right. Claus is uh, what is embodied there and what's important. So these mythical figures have, mm. have aspects of uh, not just culture, but spirit that you should be understanding. And then the reality of the of the history in terms of actual factual people is something different and they're both important, but don't, don't throw the, the spiritual side. They're both important. Yeah, so. They're both important. That's a fact. Like, like with, let's take a uh, Hong Hei or Hong Si Kwan, right? Yeah. You know, the, the, the oral tradition says that he's a tea merchant. He was a, a tea merchant, which means he was rich. He wasn't, he wasn't poor. Yeah. Right. And, and, and after having a run in with, with Ching, you know, with Ching officials, he joins the revolution. Yeah. But his original name was not Hong. His original surname was Chu. Now this is in the oral tradition. Right. Well see, these are you know you know, these are keys because Chu was the family name of the Ming rulers. Oh, of course. The, the See? So and, they're and, tying it together to that uh, escaped yes. that escaped infant yes. and the, the continuation of the Ming line. Right. And right. And even in a more general sense, it points to a group of Ming deposed Ming officials, masterminds, etc. Like, like, you know, the real research shows or indicates that Hong, that, 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 that the body of knowledge that was called Hong's fist wasn't developed by a single individual, it was developed by the best minds of the Ming dynasty. Hmm. In an attempt to overthrow the Qing dynasty. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how familiar. So I mean, you, you, you're very involved in lion dancing for obvious reasons. Um, yes. And 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 lion dancing is arguably the south for for me. The southern variation of lion dancing is always the the one that I enjoy looking at or watching. It's very exciting. It's very well put together. It's got yes. A, a very powerful spirit, rhythm, distinct sound, look, etc. Compared to the north, yes. I don't know if you've seen the Absolutely. the Taiwanese popular variation of it, where they use a green lion. Yes, 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 yes. And did you notice? Yeah, it's. Do you the, notice the, the difference between the two in terms of what happens to the lion between uh, the standard southern uh, lion dancing and the one done with a green lion? I, no, I'm not. I don't know if I'm that I'm familiar. Well, they kill the green lion usually. That's interesting. Oh, because Ching. Yeah, exactly. Ching. The Ching. Those are all hidden messages. <laughs> so yes, the Ching. Yeah, it's, it's for the same reason 
that the lion, you know, the you know the you know our version of the lion, you know, in Fatsan or in Hoxan, or the Hoxan, you know, lion eats the lettuce. Yeah, we call it the choi choi ting. Right. Yeah. Same thing. What's what's how it rips it rips the lettuce apart? Yeah, it totally yeah. destroys it. <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting is <laughs> Sha Ching Shi, like Sha means to kill, Ching is uh, green. Kill, kill Ching. Yeah. And Shi yeah. is a lion, but the same Ching could be for Qing Dynasty in terms of a play on the sound, and Shi could be a Correct. soldier. So <laughs> you know. Yes. So when they yes. kill the green lion, Absolutely. it's just trying to allude to something else and that still carries forward today the ching is gone but the culture is still there so it's very interesting the culture is still there yeah. that's right that's right that's exactly right yeah as soon as you said it i'm like oh they kill the line oh the, yeah okay yeah I get yeah, it. yeah yeah you said it's it, yeah. Sa-ching. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah so how 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 um you you teach lion dancing uh, how open to learning yes. are westerners and people that you've taught uh, um, it's interesting. Um, as of late, I, now my students are interested. They, they they definitely are interested. It's just the t- it's a time issue, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a time issue. Yeah, take, it, take it's kind of like just with the kung fu. And, yeah. Yeah. It really to really learn it the way it's meant to be done. Yeah. To really learn it the way it's meant to be done, it's it's. It's physically demanding and mentally demanding, right? You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, even with the music and the lion, because so it's like there are times when the music is following the lion, and there's the times where the lion's following the music, right? You know, so it's it, yeah, there's a lot of symbiotic development that has to take place. Well, the other side of it is, apart you know, from learning the lion's dancing itself. You have to learn the music yes. and the instrument playing as well. So yeah. Yes, yes. And and with the lion, you know, the lion brings good luck, it brings good fortune, but it does so by what? By driving away bad fortune or turning, as we would say, poison into medicine, by turning bad situations into good situations. Hence the puzzles that the lion has to solve. Right. Get it? Yeah, exactly. And it has to do it correctly, or else it brings calamity. Right, right. Well, it's kind of like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the story of Hercules in Western, Western like mytholo- mythology that Hercules had to overcome certain, you know, f- tasks. He had, yes. he had those X amount of, of uh, right. tests that he had to overcome. Yes. And it's an analogy for That's life, it. really. I mean, you can take it literally if you yes, feel it like is. it and watch cartoons about made by Disney, or you can understand the deeper right. meaning of uh, basically life is going to throw shit at you. Now, you can yep. either have the uh, idea to overcome that and turn it into a positive, or you can just be right. weighed down by it. So, you know. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, China, you know, as you know, you're right there. 5,000 years of history being bordered on its northern, western, and southern borders by people twice their size. Yeah. Like, they went, they went through a lot, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> they went through a lot. Well, you know, that's why I, I often say that one of the aspects of Chinese societies, particularly Chinese martial arts, is Chinese martial arts yeah. have been a method that the Chinese people use to strengthen their bodies, strengthen their mind, 
Uh, you know, yes. utilize it in terms of village defense, personal defense, but more importantly, the practice has kept people sane through insurmountable, yes, you know, hell over different generations of chaos. You know, so you know, yes, and that, there's a value yes. there for people Absolutely. today. There's a value in there for people today. So, That's a fact. So yeah, or especially. Especially in the very fluid times we live in now. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think if a lot of people had personal martial <laughs> arts practice over the period of lockdown and all of the nonsense that happened for the last couple of years, they probably would have stayed a lot yes. more centered if they were just had something that could anchor them in daily practice, even on their own, at home, ind independent, individually. You know, if they had that, I think a lot of people would have been in a better headspace. I tell you, a lot of martial arts schools around the world, especially in the United States, closed down permanently over for the COVID thing. Right. But I got to tell you, we did pretty good. Oh, really? Oh, that's for good that to hear. very for that very for that very reason. Right, right. That you just mentioned for that very reason, it helped keep it helped keep keep people's feet on the ground. Exactly, it grounds you. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your yeah. school. You're teaching still. Uh, where are you teaching? You know, uh, all of yeah. I mean, I'm in upstate New York. I'm in Syracuse, New York, near downtown. Um, I teach five days a week. I do it full time. Nice. You know, um, I don't have a ton of students altogether. I probably have about counting children and adults. I have about fifty. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, and and and. I, listen, I, I have to be honest. I, I listen. I'm very proud of them because they work hard and they're vested. And you know, you you train traditional gong fu. Mm. This is not easy. Mm. Yeah, it's not easy. They could easily go to an MMA gym and just hit mitts and hit the bag, right. you know, and roll and roll and roll. They could just they could easily do what a lot of people are doing. Yeah. This is not easy. This is not you know. I tell them gong fu is not just add water. Yeah. You know, it's not. It, it's assemblies required. Like, this takes longer. Yeah, for sure. You know, but but they but they're 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 invested. They're invested, you know, and, and so I'm 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 really I'm pleased. Well that's good to hear. They work hard, you know. What about the medicine yeah, side of yeah. things? Are you involved in that? Absolutely. So you know, like, you know, especially in our in our system. You know the, the the medicine tradition is very strong because of Wong Fei Ho right. and because of his uh, you know his his clinic Botilam. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and and so and so he um, you know so and then my Sifu, in addition to learning his Sifu's medicine, learned also from a uh, 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 Sit Tuk Sing, mm -hmm. right? And Sit Tuk Sing was was was. His his medicine was so good. His family treat were the were the were the uh, physicians for the last three emperors of China. Mm. So my Sifu learned that medicine as well, you know. And and so yeah, that's a big part of what we do, you know, a very big part of what we do. And then, you know, the one of the things that makes our medicine good is the foundation training that she right. Yeah, like for the toy knot massage and mm. other things like that, it, it, yeah, it works. It, it helps immensely. Right. Well, we've got a mutual friend who's actually, you know, a Chinese 
medical practitioner. He's still studying even more, continuing his learning. Mark and uh, yes, it would be that's my guy, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. And he's yeah. been on the podcast before. I I regularly I'm in contact with him. Um, yes, beautiful. How, I mean, in terms of what you you learned from your teacher, and you, have you ever discussed aspects of this with Mark? All the time, we we speak we speak we speak very often. Oh, good. Um, as a matter of fact, he's been on me about actually formally going to school. Okay. And um, yeah, because he's like, dude, you know, because of your gong fu and because of your own personal practice, he goes up to the point where he's like, whenever I'm in the states and I'm operating a clinic, I want you to come and, and work in the clinic. With oh, that's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, we continually we learn. There's no, there's no limit or time limit to learning something or improving or going deeper into something. You know, so now I'll, I'll now, now my 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 older training brother, his medicine is incredible. Mm. My older training brother, yeah, Pedro Superu Yi, my okay. you know my senior training brother, his medicine is just off the charts. That's awesome, you know, and and and. He, um, at, <laughs> to the point where at one point, a number of hospitals in New Jersey were sending him terminal cancer patients. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. His medicine's very good. And where is he? Is he in New yeah. York as well? He, he's at, he's right outside of New York, 10 minutes outside of New York in Clifton, New Jersey. That's our U.S. headquarters. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's the headquarters. Okay, interesting. I thought the Chinatown School yes. would have... Is the Chinatown School still in existence? Yes, yeah. My classmate Joseph runs the Chinatown School on, on Henry Street. Okay. All right, so that's yep. still continuing the, the legacy of the Chinatown School. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's great to hear. That's right. Absolutely. More recently, Absolutely. you... I, I remember at some point last year, you were trying to get uh, involved in local governance and and some some political aspects you... well actually that's one of my that's one of my students i you know one of the things that i do is um is is uh uh voter education mm. and um you know and, and and civic engagement but one of my students was um a local um you know a local government official okay on the common council for 10 for 10 years and he chaired economic development for the entire city and then this past term, you know, this past term made a run for the mayor mayor seat, but he lost. Okay. Well, there's always got to be a winner, and there's going to be people that don't make it. Is he looking to do it again? Nah, <laughs> he, he's done with politics. He's 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 in the private sector now, doing property management, doing a great, doing great. Okay. He's not going back to politics. All right. <laughs> but you yourself, you've always been active in the community on these fronts, and I, and I think that's that's admirable because I think martial artists classically. Um, in terms of even in China, yes. we're always active there. Their main point was supposed to be an anchor for the community as a whole. So yeah, you you still you still have that outlook, and you're still you're still doing that. And and how has it, how it, have it, things the way yeah, my go ahead tell us about that? No, the way my the, the way my CFO, you know you know just where where to serve where to serve people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's so it's it's really uplifting fallen humanity. It's service to humanity. Right. You know, however we can be that. Right. You right. know, if we, we can improve people's health, if we can protect the weak, 
if if we can empower people, that you know that's what we do. So this, you know, I look at it as I look at my civic engagement stuff as an extension of the martial tradition, as it should be. I mean, that that, that yes, that's sir. as it should be. Well, that's great to hear. So you know, I mean, um, I don't know the situation. I haven't been out of China for three years since COVID started, really. Uh, right. I, I don't know. <laughs> I know the world has been turned upside down. Just in general oh, we're living goodness. in a very strange time we're gonna have some interesting stories yes for we are great grandkids but um yes we will <laughs> how have things changed in your community um or have they uh yes things things are again you know it, it's it's things are becoming more and more fluid and the minds of the people are becoming less certain, mm. less solid, mm. um, which is unfortunate. But for what we do, you know, it, it, it's actually a benefit because mm. as people become more desperate, they're looking for ways to put the ground under their feet. Right. Or at the very least, be able to, you know how it is. Enlightenment isn't I float on a blue cloud and see Buddha. No. You know, enlightenment in the very practical sense is, hey, is the average person able to handle extraordinary hardships extraordinarily well? Right. Right. You know, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, whatever can do that or whatever can assist in doing that now increases in value. I remember a story, um, and this is completely unrelated but to martial arts, but completely related to this mentality. Uh, it was a story yes. about, I can't recall the the country of origin of the monk he was a zen monk and it was either he was either japanese uh -huh. or he was uh, on the on this side of the world nonetheless he was being yes. explained the um the the christian concept of heaven and hell um uh -huh. and, you know what hell is like and how bad it is and how you don't want to go right. there because if you do x y and z you're going to go to hell and how bad hell is, right. and the suffering, and blah, blah, blah. And the monk looked at the guy and said, oh, yeah, hell, that's, I'd like to go there. And the guy looked at him and said, what? <laughs> what? Did you not understand what I just said to you? Why do you want to go to hell? And he literally said, because right. there's people down there that obviously need help. So, there you go. Right. <laughs> and that that's pretty that's pretty interesting, right? I mean that's we we kind of overlook that mentality, yeah. don't we? You just don't want to be the guy in yes, hell. You know, but you don't realize right. you know people need help. And maybe you can be that help that gets them you out of that. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I can't re I'll I'll send you the, the actual I'll try to find the, 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 the exact uh, story. I'll send it to you and you can take a look uh, who it was and when and what. Because oh, oh, yeah. as per the previous couple of stories I've recited, I might have butchered it a little bit, but the gist of it was exactly that. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Well, it's been really good talking to you. Um, I'm going to let you go. We, we can do this again in the future. I'm hoping to come out to your side of the world at some point when, when the borders are a little bit easy to travel in and out of here. And then I'll definitely, we'll definitely get right. together and, and have a chat. I would love that. I would love that. So Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much for this opportunity, man. This is great. No, it was great hearing about this. There's obviously a lot more to talk about Hungar, about your, your style, about your, your history, etc. And maybe we can do this in a follow-up. 
um maybe i can get some love- some somebody from another line of uh of hungar uh and and we can the three of us can have a chat and 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 discuss similarities differences this history etc so that that would be something we could maybe do in the future Absolutely. that would be that would be great i'd love to do that. yeah that'd be awesome all right cool well i'll, I'll look into it and get uh, let you know in the meantime i'll get your relevant contact details that you want to release publicly we'll put them in the description under the yes. under the video and in the notes here that people can get so if people are looking to get in contact with you hopefully there's people listening that are in your vicinity then they can come out and train with you as well but we'll get i'll get all that information from you outstanding man thank you so much all right man well it's been great uh nice chatting to you you keep well and uh, we'll be in touch likewise sir you do the same all right have a good day bye-bye for now okay take care